Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. The animal body, and that includes us humans, isn't the only thing in this world capable of getting sick. According to Dr. Jennings, the same thing happens to whole societies. Then what are we supposed to do? Dr. Jennings is here with us via Skype, and he's going to share some possible solutions for sick societies. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? The big principle, the big umbrella idea I want to get people's minds is that healthiness cannot be experienced while violating the laws of health. Hmm. In order to actually have healthiness as individuals or as families or as communities or as societies, we have to first understand how life was constructed to operate and those protocols or design principles that God built life to operate upon. And if we understand those and harmonize with those, we experience healthiness and from healthiness, we experience happiness. But to the degree we move out of harmony with how God built life to operate, we always experience problems, pain, suffering, and unhealthiness, ultimately undermining our state of well-being. And so that's the big principle. As we talk today, we want to identify some of those principles and how a society could choose to bring some of them to bear, which would lead to positive results amongst its people. How did it begin, Dr. Jennings? What was the first principle that was violated? Well, the first principles violated, of course, was the principle of love. And this uh, principle of love is not simply a warm, strong, emotional feeling. The principle of love is the principle of giving or beneficence upon which life is built to operate. Every breath you take, you give carbon dioxide away to the plants and the plants give oxygen back to you. And many people have seen this principle, how all living systems in order to live give And they have seen this looking at our ecosystems and have understood that when we act selfishly and violate that principle, and then we cut down the rainforest, for instance, or we just drill, drill, drill and take out oil and burn or pollute. In other words, we're not acting in harmony with how life was built, that this damages the environment and we extinguish species. And so some people have advocated for environmental protection and a preservation of species and habitats, not simply for those individual species and habitats, but because they understand that the whole planet is an ecosystem in which it all is reinforcing and giving back to each other, and it's the only way life exists. So they're applying that principle, and rightly so. If we violate that, the more we violate it, the more our planet suffers, and then our health suffers. Well, how do we as humans do this? I mean, I know how we mess up the environment. How do we mess each other up? Well, so understanding this, people want to have happiness. You know, in the United States, the Declaration of Independence has listed our rights as the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that that happiness was not a right? The right was the pursuit of happiness. happiness. And the reason they wrote that is because happiness is actually a byproduct of healthiness Hmm. in all domains, physically healthy, mentally healthy, relationally healthy, and spiritually healthy. And just think about when you are unhealthy, you're, you're sick with fever and pneumonia, you're not happy. If you're mentally unhealthy, you're not happy. If you're in relationship conflict, going through a divorce, or your children won't talk to you, you're not happy. You're, and if you're under guilt and shame from sin, you're not happy. And so while people can't uh, specifically have a right to happiness, they have the right to pursue it. And how they pursue it is through choosing to harmonize with the laws of health, the laws that God built health to operate upon. And the more we do that, the healthier we become and the happier we become as people and as a society. 
Boy, there must be a counterfeit happy out there because a lot of sinful people, a lot of people who are doing very bad things, at least they'll say and they'll look like they're happy. So glad you said that, Charles, because what happens is people who are violating the laws of health and are unhappy, instead of actually choosing to change their lifestyle in harmony with the laws of health so they can become healthy and subsequently happy, Mm -hmm. instead, here's the big one, they substitute pleasure-seeking for happiness. And they seek something that is pleasurable in the moment, a high, a buzz, a thrill, a new encounter, a new experience, something that gives a pleasure. But most of the time, the pleasure seeking is actually further violations of the laws of health, which only make them less healthy and ultimately less happy. All right. What's the next principle? This is good stuff. You may remember that a long time ago, back in the 1960s, uh, one of the presidents of the United States famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. In this very simple statement, John F. Kennedy articulated two principles uh, of God's kingdom, which healthy societies are built upon. The first principle is the principle of truth. And we cannot have healthiness without truth. And that truth principle is that we must start with our own selves. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 3, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to pull the speck out of your brother's eye. So first, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do. Take ownership and ask, what do you need to change in your own life? How do you need to mature? What actions do you need to take to make yourself not only a healthier person, but a better father, a healthier husband, healthier mother or wife or community leader? In other words, take ownership and responsibility to govern and mature and deal with your own self first. That's the first principle that he articulated in that very simple statement. And the second principle he articulated was the principle of love, of altruism, of seeking to give of yourself to better something larger than yourself. This is the principle of beneficence that we've already described in the ecosystems, but he was articulating this as, as we give of ourselves to our society, our society becomes healthier. And that's exactly true. It just seems to me that there are so many in this world who are saying, here I am, what do you got for me, world? They seem to be so concentrated on themselves that this principle is just trodden under. Am I right in saying that? This is exactly true. So the first change that our society could make would be to have leaders that put forth the message that John F. Kennedy put forth, Mm. a message of love and a message of truth, a message of altruism and personal responsibility. But that is the exact opposite of the message our leaders are giving today. And they're giving the message of entitlement and how much we're owed by our country and how much we should be getting from our country rather than how much we should be giving. And that if we get our feelings hurt, we don't have a responsibility to look to ourselves and take ownership in how we can grow and mature that we have the responsibility to blame somebody else and demand that our rights be respected. And so we've kind of gone upside down and backwards. We're fragmenting into factions in this country, pitted against each other over different critical points that the individual groups value. And so one of the truths, here's a truism, we can never avoid the truth. We can only delay the day we deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the principles, again, that we can have in our society is, is for leaders to begin calling people back to accountability to themselves and to service for a larger cause. But you know what? The Bible says in the last generation that people are not going to want to hear sound teaching. They're not going to want to have people give them the truth. They're going to long for people to be in front of them to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. And they'll chase instead of after the truth. The Bible says that we reject the truth and chase after myths 
2 Timothy 4, 3. And why will they be chasing after myths? Well, myths are fantasies. They're falsehoods. They're just something that makes them feel good, but it's not how reality works. And if you listen to the political landscape in this country today, what's happening is people are being told all types of mythical fantasy things that are not how reality works, but it makes them feel good. And so while our society could get leaders to speak the truth, I'm not sure that people actually want to hear the truth. Mm, That is an excellent point there. I mean, the right kind of leader can come along, but the people may not be accepting of that right kind of leader. That happened, when, of course, when Christ showed up. He was the right kind of leader, and look what happened there. You're exactly right. And that other principle JFK articulated was that principle of service. And you remember the greatest generation, which was the World War II generation. When we went to war, the soldiers who volunteered or individuals who volunteered for the military who were found with some medical illness that prevented them from being able to join became despondent and depressed and often suicidal because they were so desirous to give to the larger cause, to be part of it. And the communities pulled together and they sacrificed in in all types of uh, a rationing of their resources in order for them to promote the higher cause. We don't see that type no. of pulling together, that type of service, that type of self-sacrifice in society today. Mm-hmm. In fact, since the Vietnam War in this country, it, you, the people who are the heroes, the ones who actually dodge the draft or yeah. go to another country in order to actually protect themselves. One of the ways society could promote this principle would be in forming opportunities for service. Mm. So rather than promoting this fantasy that you get free everything, free healthcare, free education, free housing, free cars, free food, everything the government provides for you, instead they should, in my view, offer programs that connect service with scholarship. I was the recipient of a health profession scholarship program where the U.S. Army paid my way through medical school. And then after my medical education, I served in the U.S. Army a number of years to pay back the scholarship that I received. And so we could develop programs in this country in which a person could apply and it would be freely available, but it would not be required that they participate. But they would apply for a scholarship for education, and that could be tied to some type of national service, whether it be military, that's one, but it could be other things like serving in underserved areas in a health clinic or working in um, environmental cleanup or infrastructure programs or multiple other places where they do service for the country. Now, this would advance education, which would improve the educational intelligence of our society, but it would also develop in the young people an added of altruism. It would develop the brain circuits of other centredness. It would develop a sense of integrity and personal well-being as a person earns their way through their payback time and service to a larger cause for the scholarship that they received. It's a different method and a principle, but it's the law of love being put into action. We give and we receive. Wow. Wow. That sort of was like what was happening after the Depression when Roosevelt put those civilian projects in there. People were working. You make an interesting point here because when a person is actually doing something, they value the results of that doing more than if it was just handed to them. Am I on the right track saying that? You're actually right. And the national service would then breed a patriotism, a co coherence. It would bring us together as a people. The great melting pot that made America great was not just we had lots of immigrants coming from other countries, but when they came, they worked together for the good of the country. We we shared a mission together, a vision together. And so developing these programs would help blend and bring us together as a people and help society become healthier. 
We need to have that type of love, like you say, for our fellow man. Unless we have that kind of love, those kinds of programs are not going to be put in place, right? That is exactly right. Now, I want to emphasize these programs are simply creating opportunities for individuals to exercise their abilities in these ways. You cannot pass any legislation that will change character, mature people, instill love in hearts, but you can uh, have policies, programs, and leaders that inspire and create opportunities for individuals to choose to participate and exercise their abilities for service, which will help them grow. All right. We have a minute and a half. Any final words of guidance for us today, Dr. Jennings? Yes. Another principle is to be truthful in our education. Our educational system in America is corrupt in certain ways, primarily in the fact that we're unwilling to be truthful about the evidence regarding creation. There is an assumption and a premise that things evolved without an intelligent designer, without a God, and the science that we're discovering on All platforms of science are refuting this, but yet that evidence that is scientific is denied and and obstructed from our educational system, and students are being taught to deny evidence to maintain a belief in a false paradigm that is being overthrown. And this is really sad because then what happens is critical reasoning skills are not developed, and so people become vulnerable as adults to not be able to discern healthy decision-making. All right, solutions for six societies. With Dr. Tim Jennings today. Comeandreason.com is the website. Check it out. Lots of good material. He has new material going up all the time over there. He also has some books for you to read and some blogs to listen to and television programs to watch and radio programs to hear and podcasts to enjoy. All at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much. Always happy to do it, Charles. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.